0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: You are now in the middle of the NFL trend zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. We're after the draft got a draft hangover guys and gals so we're going to talk to you about some of the winners and losers per our estimation per our draft boards some of the ideal fits and go through the bears broncos and vikings drafts with a fine tooth comb first however betonline.ag is your number one source for all of your basketball information stats news and scores the latest odds and lines including the latest player reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters of the season, and they've got you covered for all of your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, right on down to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in all the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, 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 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone, I am Dustin Baker. I'm here with the whole crew tonight. Jason's back from Florida vacation. We got Jonathan Baskerville to bring some of the Bears heat for us tonight. How you doing, Jonathan?
0: What's good, Trend Zone? I appreciate you having me back again. I am Bill from 3 Point Stands Podcast, where we don't have experts. We just give our takes, take it or leave it. We'll be fine either way. Oh, hey, we lost your Man. camera. Now
1: you're back. Your audio never left, so we're good. Uh, Jason, for how sure. was your trip?
2: A trip was good. Trip yeah. trip was good. You know, uh, enjoying the 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 fun employment line for right now. <laughs> um, I was I was fortunate enough to get about a two and a half week break from work prior to that trip. Yeah, and we're gonna finish it off with another two and a half week break. <laughs> Before I delve back into society. So, feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> and you're cleanly shaven and everything. So, yeah. Cleanly you can... shaven. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, it's, it's, you know, a brand new guy. Brand yeah, new guy. Charged.
1: Uh, all right, Cody. We got some <laughs> draft items to go into tonight. Uh, the draft, I think, I think it was about the level of unpredictab- unpredictability we expected, starting with evidently Cody's guy, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he went off the board really early. We'll get into that. Uh, but start us off, sir. We're going to go around the horn. You're going to tell me one winner from the NFL draft, whether I believe that the team is what we had.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, we definitely got some good ones on the board. Uh, a lot of teams pulled together some really good drafts, more so than it seems than usual. But I want to leave some meat on the bone for you all, not pick an <laughs> easy one. Let's go with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this is a draft class that is providing a lot of stir in the fantasy community right now. The running back they took in the second round uh, with Zach Charbonnet, but besides him, who I think is a great pick for real life football, maybe not for fantasy. Uh, they got Devin Witherspoon, who is probably he's right on par with the corners that came out in the top five last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's even better than them or on sauce Gardner's level. This is a, defensive rookie of the year candidate they got my wide receiver one jackson smith and jigba who i've on here have said is a justin jefferson jamar chase level prospect for me uh he he's also going to fit beautifully in seattle everybody's overreacting on these landing spots i think that dk Mac, metcalf and uh jsn are the perfect complements for each other uh dk's going to take it off over the top take uh pull those that secondary off of Jason in the slot, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jason leads this team's in, this team in targets in year one. Uh, and then to touch again on Zach Charbonnet, he's the perfect fit with um Ken Walker over there. It's it's Ken Walker is kind of like the hot knife through butter, and Zach Charbonnet is like the hammer through butter. <laughs> but uh, he could also pass block and is a great third down back. So, but I'm I'm going to touch on Charbonnet a little later as well. Uh, just to run through the rest of their picks real quick, though, they got Derek Hall in the second round. Great pickup for their defensive line. They got a guard to go with their two tackles that they got last year. So their offensive line is starting to come together. They got Cameron Young, who probably who went in the fourth. He should have went at least in the third round. He's a big guy in the middle to help that defensive line again. So, And then they went edge, center, safety, running back. So you can see a big emphasis on the defensive and offensive line. But the big thing for me was they used those two first two picks on a corner and a receiver two premium positions to kind of sharpen their blades. And then the rest of it was just some big boys to play smash mouth football. You're looking at a Pete Carroll offense and defense. It's looking kind of elite, even with Geno Smith in there at QB because to me they did a great job of um, accenting his talents and what he provides to the team.
1: Jonathan one winner team from the draft.
0: Uh, Cody just stole mine, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, I definitely can appreciate JSN going there, uh, creating a legion of Zoom uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, giving Geno some people to throw to. Their offense surprised the league last year. And Charbonnet gives Kenneth Walker a little bit of a break. He doesn't have to go in between tackles. He can just use that speed, but I'll skip over Seattle since he went in depth on them. I'm going to go ahead and say the Houston Texans. Um, it's probably easy, uh, probably low-hanging fruit, but I like that they were able to reestablish a quarterback of the future with all the nasty taste of the Deshaun Watson situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be able to move past that. Um, easily, C.J. Stroud is was easily considered top two, even though – Draft night, they kept saying he might fall. I, I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> then, uh, from 12, uh, they made a boss move and they gave up a, a bit of a cap, uh, a bit much in capital. Uh, could have waited to see if anybody failed, but they knew who they wanted. Moved up and got Willie Anderson Jr., which is from my uh, favorite college, SEC dominator. Usually they've fallen off a little bit. Uh, Alabama. So they got their edge rusher of the future, got C.J. Stroud, John Michia be coming back. Uh, That's a a blessing in itself, you know, be cancer and will be able to be on the field week one. So uh, Stroud will have somebody to throw to. Um, I believe they drafted one more guy. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. Uh, But their draft was, was. from the first two picks mm-hmm. was, was knocking that out of the park. You know, they got two top draft, uh, two top guys from the the big boards, st- uh, reset their franchise for years to come. You know, Cody, you, Tangerdell, by the way. Oh yeah. 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 That's him. I'm sorry. Yeah, Houston to Houston. I thought that was kind of neat.
1: Right. When you were talking about Seattle, both of you, um, it kind of so remember last year, about this time, probably after the draft, we were we put them in the doghouse and we, you know, in bottom of our power rankings. And lo and behold, they didn't deserve that. They were decent. And now, hearing the optimism from both of you guys of their draft, it really feels like they did what one of what those good franchises do, like the Chiefs or the Saints or the Steelers. Or they just had a transformational year, and they didn't like go three and fourteen and suck and rebuild and like the Jets do and shit. No, they just said, "All right, we're not going to be quite that good because you know we traded everything. We traded Ross, but we're just going to have a transformational year." And I really think that's what these these sound franchises tend to do when they decide to rebuild. It's their version of it, (coughs) and it's just a a slight step back, and they get back in the saddle. Jason, were you able to study in the draft class to figure out a winner?
2: Well, no, I mean I'm just. Yeah. I'm not much help when it comes to the draft this year, just because of my team not being a part of it. Um, So I don't typically follow it as much as you guys do, but I will say this um, after the, the, the small amount of research that, that I was able to do and look at um, there's a lot of teams, you know, if I'm just judging by some of the different grades that are given out by some of the top, uh, the higher um, national um, critics, Seemed to me that there was a lot of teams that had some good drafts this mm-hmm. year. I mean, yeah, I, I had to, in some in some list that I looked at, I had to go all the way down to the twenties to find a team that had a grade lower than a B. Mm-hmm. So that's impressive to me. I mean, um, but the consensus that I see, I think the Steelers had a pretty good draft, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah they,
3: they were my number one pick.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, so you leave the, the the obvious ones for the guy that doesn't know anything right now. But um, Joey Porter, they got him junior. Mm-hmm. Didn't Joey Porter senior play with them? Yep. That's what. That's why I took that and made that my my favorite. I mean, that's just incredible. That's so cool to me. Um, you know that we're getting into this day and age where you got a lot of guys, and you know you go back a few years back, and uh, with Patrick Sertan, you get a lot of these. Um, Awesome players from our generation that are having their kids come up and play, and, and we're soon to get we're soon to see it in, in basketball as well. But, um, I think that's so cool, so neat, yeah. and um, in, to- in Porter's case, with the same team as his old man, <laughs> I mean, that yeah. is awesome,
0: yeah. Just to piggyback on the Pittsburgh Steelers class, that's low hanging fruit again, Joey Porter Jr. going, uh, with our. Bears pick, just to get that out of the way, because I know that's a dig that people <laughs> like to throw at us when we didn't know that it would land. That's fine. But I do love the story. But their first three picks mm-hmm. were definitely knocked out the park. They got Broderick Jones uh, to solidify their, uh, their offensive line. Then they got Jory Porter and that third pick of Darnell Washington. Mm-hmm. The guy is a Beast, You are going to line up Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington on one side. They're going to eat in the run game. And if they have Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington stay in and let Friar go out on the route, Pickett is protected easily. Mm -hmm. They solidified that offensive line for years to come. They got two major weapons at tight end. Man, that, that offense is going to take an, uh, a a nice leap, I believe.
3: Yeah, and you've seen a couple teams do that in the draft so far. I was watching the draft, and I was impressed with how many teams were wanting to uh, surround the options that they already have. Whether that was the Seahawks and Geno Smith, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, um, the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. I mean, it, you love to see these guys build around. Uh, these quarterbacks to see if they are the guy instead of just trotting the same stuff out there and moving right. on to the next one.
4: Wes, yeah, I you, think you're seeing a move ahead. to either a big slot or uh, a double tight end set with a lot of these offenses that they play a copycat to um, Kansas city's scheme over the last few years. But uh, the big slot is on the come up and you'll see either bigger wideouts or more athletic tight ends lining up in that slot. Um, They're available to block. They're available to just body and beast, whatever smaller slot corner you have uh, lined up against them. And you see rumorations of defenses also taking advantage of that and selecting some slightly bigger slot players. I know um, one of the picks Minnesota took ward, Uh, defensive back out of LSU. Uh, He has positional versatility over um, the defensive backfield uh, where he primarily lined up at slot or at safety. And I think you're going to see a a big trend in that with uh, some of the defenders and defenses also. It'll probably lag about a year or two behind, uh, which usually happens anyway, but as the offense has transitioned to this setup, yeah. uh, that's what we've got to see. That,
3: that's what got Quentin Johnson drafted at 21st overall. He could be the trailblazer in that regard. Yeah, Wes, did you have a
1: winner that wasn't mentioned?
4: I, I did. I, I had Seattle as well, okay. uh, but I also had a, a secondary one in the event that uh, somebody mentioned it. I will go with the Carolina Panthers. Um, they – They saw a guy that they liked, and they went and got him. Uh, It it also benefited the Bears. Uh, The Bears had a a nice draft, if you account uh, DJ Moore into that class as as their first overall pick was able to to land him. Uh, But I will stick with Carolina Panthers. Uh, They finally have their quarterback of the future. Uh, It seems like they've kind of cycled through a few guys over the last few years trying to find that answer. Um, All the while, they've been building up their defense. Uh, They have a young, talented defense. Um, And they added to that defense as well in the third round with uh, DJ Johnson out of Oregon. Uh, He actually profiles a lot like uh, Brian Burns, who is uh, a fantastic uh, edge for them. Uh, And then in the second round, they added uh, Jonathan Mingo, who... um, a lot of people are high on uh, and he gets to uh, learn and sit behind uh, Adam Thielen and um, you know, their receiver crew and you know, he, he has the the possibility to make uh, some strides as the season goes on as well. So um, they were kind of light on picks, but, um, uh, I like their class because they were able to identify the guy they want and go up to number one and get him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. I do want to comment on the, on the Panthers situation, because think about, think about this for a second. So they get, they get their quarterback and let's, let's hope, and, and let's hope that this guy can come in there and play up to the potential that we all think that he can, um, but think about this. Over the last three years, Carolina has had, because they had Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield on the team at the same time. Mm-hmm. Those two guys were top five quarterback options in that coveted quarterback draft. What was it now, five years ago? Mm-hmm. Five years ago, both of those guys were supposed to be, well, Baker, I don't know if he was a top five projected pick, but then he went number mm-hmm. one. And nonetheless, though, so this will make the third top five quarterback that they've had on their team in the last three years that were all projected to be just these guys. I, I mean, I know a lot's changed since then in Carolina, but man, let's
0: hope that this guy can can do it. Yeah, I think they got an exciting future, especially with the coaching change. Yeah, getting, for sure. Getting getting rule, getting rule out of there, getting right in there. You know, we all got to see it, you know, manifest week one and, and see what they do from there. But you know they got DJ Chark. He should be coming in there healthy. Adam Thielen, uh, Miles Sanders should be able to take some uh, some pressure off of him in a run game. Their offensive line is decent. And know. imagine,
2: imagine this though, just for a second. this is just fantasy world right now though. But think about this: five years ago, if somebody went and told the Carolina GM that, hey, hey, don't worry about this draft because in in three years you're going to have both Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield <laughs> on your team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a way to get rid of them oh, <laughs> and man. start over. And
2: you won't be able to get rid of them to save your ass. <laughs> oh, man. God, think, that's so weird.
1: I think my uh, pick for winner must have been your guys' second, third place across the board. And we can't have the show without mentioning the Giants, uh, because their first four picks in five rounds, thank God they didn't have a fourth rounder because they would have five Home runs, and again, all these winners that we have are based on the draft board. What we think look good <clears throat> on the draft board. Who knows if these guys will turn out to be good? Half of them, for sure, will not. Uh, Deontay <laughs> Banks, the uh, Tariq Wollen effect. He's big, physical, fast. Think he's going to be good. I, I know John Michael Schmitz from my school, University of Minnesota. He will be good. You can you can write that in blood somewhere. Jalen should should get some attention within a Giants offense that has been you know screaming for pass catchers for a long time. And then Eric Gray, once Saquon tweaks something, he's going to come in and probably get, you know, uh, a lion share of carries whenever until Barkley's back because uh, running backs always get hurt. But that's the first four picks all the way through round five that the Giants hit on. And then I want to my consolation prize goes to the Ravens because they finally listened to all of the folks that says, you know, go get your quarterback some weapons. So. I don't know if Zay Flowers will be the best wide receiver in the class, but at least he's something for Lamar. And now when you look at the Ravens depth chart, you don't have to groan. And then uh, Trenton Simpson was falling down the board. The Vikings had a shot at him. But now because he's on the Ravens, he's guaranteed to be good because he's a linebacker going to the Ravens. So you can also write that in blood. Cody, a loser from what about what
2: draft. about the Colts? Real quick, Colts.
1: Yeah, draft. No.
3: Colts. They- Colts were on my list. I, was, I almost okay. the Colts. Yeah. Right. An- you got Anthony Richardson, great, great, great franchise-changing pick. Julius Brents It might be the most physically gifted. Corner that we've seen come out of the draft in the past couple of years, just like body measurements and things like that. Josh Downs, who they got at overall seventy nine. This this was a top fifty player on my board, and he would have been a first rounder if he wasn't five foot eight and as heavy as a wet towel. And then you got Blake Freeland, a good uh, pass blocker tackle out of uh, BYU. Let's try to say this name real quick. Uh, edge out of Northwestern. Aditamiwa Miwa, uh, Adiba Ware. That guy is super super athletic edge defender. Colts knocked this one out of the draft. Also want to give a shout out to running back Evan Hall. This guy had pretty much the same testing as B. John Robinson, but he's not B. John Robinson. Came out of BYU great pass catching back, super underrated addition to of their offense.
1: The, the Colts always draft well. I think that's just kind of the way it <clears throat> way it goes. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but every time yeah, I look, they do Yep, every time I look down at a, a free agent class or uh a draft class, they they know what they're doing. Must be the Ballard way. Uh, all right, Cody. So a and then not to mention the uh Colts had like 12 draft picks. They were one of the teams that just had oodles. Uh, I don't think it was compensatories and a couple trade backs, but Cody, give me a loser. Um can I ask if anybody has
3: the Raiders?
4: Mm-mm. Oh, Sweet. Good. Let's go
3: with the Raiders. I got Tyree Wilson. Uh, he, To me, Tyree Wilson was the prototype prospect you want. He's kind of like the Travon Walker of this draft. He didn't really have he, – he had good production, but he's been dealing with injuries at Texas Tech. And for him, he's kind of all about potential, Uh, kind of like Tra- Travon Walker was last year. And with the Raiders, man, especially on the defensive line, I don't really have a lot of faith in them and hurt uh, – in developing those guys, not to mention, I'm not a big fan of drafting hurt players. Um, Then you got Michael Mayer who I do like, but at the same time, uh, I like those premium positions and the Raiders aren't in a position, even though they needed a tight end, especially in a class that could be legendary with the depth of this class. They're not in a position to be taken tight end with pick uh, with number 35. They could have waited till round four or five and, and done just as much damage um, they took the wrong Byron Young in round three. They should have taken the one out of, I believe it's LSU. Uh, they took the <laughs> defensive tackle out of Alabama, who is, in my opinion, he's 340 pounds and he's good at being 340 pounds. Uh, then you took, and and this they haven't even made the craziest of the picks to me yet. I'm watching this draft, hoping for a running back to get day two capital somewhere. And these guys pick wide receiver Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati. Not even... Okay, so they're Cincinnati's number one receiver is not even a top 10 receiver for me in this class. And they took the guy who was didn't even have half his numbers and was nowhere near the prospect that um, – uh, it's, it's slipping my mind. Um, Wes, who is it? You drafted him today. The wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Tyler Scott. He's not right. half the receiver that Tyler Scott is. I can't believe they took Trey Tucker with the 100th overall pick. I don't even know if this guy's a top 200 player. I could be wrong. I doubt it with the Raiders. Not that I know everything, but I doubt <laughs> the Raiders history. Um, and then they took a corner, I don't know, and uh, Bennett out of Maryland. That doesn't say much. I'm not a big corner guy. Uh, they took Aiden O'Connell on the fourth round as well. And then Josh McDaniels compared his release to Tom Brady's. I mean, this whole draft was a mess from beginning to end. <laughs> Nothing's changed in Vegas uh not enough people were talking about it and i think it's because tyree wilson was projected to go three to the cardinals and Mm -hmm. the the raiders just went into this draft with a first second third third fourth fourth fifth sixth seventh
1: and have not moved the needle for me one iota i can tell you i can tell you why it's not your theory isn't gaining attention it's because the uh Raiders didn't utterly fuck up. They didn't like do something mind-boggling in mm-hmm. rounds one or two that was like, What? And therefore yeah, Quentin the, Johnston yeah, seven overall. Yeah. Therefore, since <laughs> they didn't do that, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, was, we
3: like Michael Mayer in the first round. Yeah. And it's like that's not even a position that the Raiders do not need to be drafting positions that don't get paid, pretty much. Yeah. If you're, think- if you're a shitty team, don't take a safety tight end or running
1: back. Even running back, I would take over
3: tight end just because you could.
1: Culture change your offense. Yeah, I think it's just because they didn't have something ghastly that's happened in the last 30 years. They just had the oddities you mentioned. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it was kind of like, all right, well, at least we didn't do the almighty. Like some people
3: thought they would come away with the quarterback of the future in this Mm -hmm. draft. And it's like, oh, we're rolling into this with Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell.
1: Yeah, And then hell bet with Jimmy G for real. What we joked about two months ago with Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, just doing the Spider-Man meme. It turned out to be true. That's all it's going to happen. If I was a Raiders fan, I'd be like, really?
3: Yeah. They even both drafted quarterbacks in the fourth round who are (laughs) spitting images of the quarterbacks. They currently have (laughs) literally um, Derek Carr's from Fresno state and Jake Hayner, who they also took in the fourth Mm -hmm. round. Also from President State. I mean, <laughs> these quarter, these teams are all about the mid right now. They just want these ticket sales. Oh, man.
1: Uh, all right, Jonathan, a, a loser in your opinion.
0: I had to uh, decide between the 49ers and Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, Washington not going for quarterback and depending on Sam Howell and trying to convince the world that he's the next best thing <laughs> to slice bread. But I'm going to go ahead with the 49ers. Hopefully Washington wasn't somebody else's and I, I didn't give up. A little hint to that but the 49ers it wasn't necessarily because the players picked i believe they got pretty good value for every pick they had but first of all they started with no picks until the third round and they decided the second pick of the third round to pick a field goal kicker yeah they let <laughs> like, them all on fire jonathan they let all their picks on fire like what's like a field goal kicker in the third round, yes, he was the best field goal <laughs> kicker, but he would have been there in the fourth round even. Yep. But like you go that in the third round, like that was talked about for at least five to ten minutes after that pick, and a couple of days after another articles. But <laughs> not only that, they they have a stacked roster, so it's kind of hard to nitpick players or who they selected. Mm-hmm. But they are so injury prone. It's like, man, you could have used that third pick on any yeah. of any depth. Your your yeah. running back, your wide receiver areas, your tight ends. Uh they use they did use a pick on the tight end. I'm sorry. But Jesus, just like some of premium, premium area, just solidified depth. Then they so the kicker started in the third round, and then you didn't feel the right tackle that you lost in free agency. So obviously your run game is top notch. So maybe it's another one of these things where the genius coach is thinking, I do this. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about it. I could put anybody out there. I can try to anybody out there. We'll be fine. But you, you selected a field goal kicker. You didn't solidify the right tackle. You didn't solidify enough offensive depth. When you know Kittle is kind of brittle at times, you know Debo one Debo injury away, one Kittle injury away, or a combination of both, and that's pretty much your offense. So that's they my not
3: They didn't take a single offensive lineman in this draft. It's right. insane. Took a kicker with the 99th overall pick. It's, <laughs> and it's the, well,
2: Especially after losing McGlinchey, too. You'd think that they would have shored that up, or did they replace him in free agency?
1: No, I'm pretty sure
2: nah,
0: No, nah, I don't think so. it
1: <laughs> kicker. The other the other thing Jonathan I had not, the Niners have one of mine if they weren't spoken for is that they didn't have any first round picks because they traded them for Trey Lance and they're currently mm. possibly talking about trading Trey Lance and <laughs> nobody cares about the the what the hell is him there like you ha- you didn't have these picks for a reason and now you want to get rid of the guy you traded the picks for. Now they're the Niners and they're found foundationally sound so nobody really cares but that's not a good look. Like
0: Yeah, I would have absolutely like lost my can't say that word, but you know, lost my head, I guess. <laughs> if they traded Trey Lance because I don't believe they would have got the, everybody was, you know, saying what they possibly could get a first rounder or a second rounder. I'm like the dude <laughs> hasn't played 3 games, has he? So how how are you going to get a first rounder back? It's not it, that, that I don't yeah. think that would happen. That's if happened. you trade Trey Lance and them. then leave it to Brock Purdy, it's like you admitting defeat. Mm-hmm. So even if you did try to recoup any capital from that Trey Lance trade, that would have made the grade even worse. That would have made they would have been the subject of of major criticism through the whole draft.
2: Oh, yeah. No, nobody's given up anything for trailing. That guy hasn't played football since
3: 2019. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're going to have to see him be good or bad first, because in order for him to get out, he's going to have to get cut or traded. And he's going to have to be good to get traded or bad to get cut.
1: Well, the problem is now, if he is indeed traded, let's say the Niners, for whatever reason, are like, yeah, he's going to be a distraction. So we just want Purdy and Darnold. You're going to trade him somewhere. Where he's probably going to sit behind somebody this year. And by the time he takes the reins as a QB1, it'll be 2024. And to Jason's point, the last time he played was 2019. And you're like, well, this is
2: five years here, folks. We don't,
1: we don't yeah. know. Isn't that a little Josh long? Josh
2: Rosen effect. Yeah, yeah five years, Rose long effect. time. This. It- Lots has happened since he's last played
1: football. Yeah, it's 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 weird. So I'm hoping for his sake that he can somehow win the QB1 job, which the Niners probably want him to do. But then that's also a slap in the face to Purdy.
2: Well, it's because it's, it's, it's he sat out that whole, like the, the COVID year, right? He sat mm-hmm. that year mm-hmm. out of college. So even before he was drafted, it was two years since he played. Mm-hmm. And now, God, the time is just ticking year after years rolling <laughs> by. And he's got, he's going to be like 28 soon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. Well, he's only twenty three. That's his saving grace. He's, he's a rookie. He's he's younger than a lot of these rookies. But
2: he's still he's still younger than Hinton Hooker's, like 20, 30 Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Wes, I forgot to mention we hilariously none of us mentioned the Eagles for winners at all, uh which is quite funny because like they were universally considered the the winners. But give me your loser,
4: Wes. Uh, my loser, I had two to pick from. Um, I'm going to stick with my first one, though. I will go with the Miami Dolphins. Um, when the 2022 season began, they had two first round picks amongst others. Uh, they traded one first round pick for Bradley Chubb uh, during the season. Uh, they lost another first round pick for Tampering um, with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Um, they wanted up. A- trading another pick for Jalen Ramsey, which is a plus. It's positive. Um, but with the the picks that they did have, uh, they had a second-round pick, a third-round pick, sixth-round pick, and a seventh-round pick. I just don't think that they did enough to add value. Uh, their second-round pick was probably their best one. They took cornerback Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Um he should fit in seamlessly to Vic Fangio's defense. Uh, But then with the third and sixth round picks, they took a running back and a wide receiver, which to me, uh, they are not positions of need. Um, I, I feel that the team is already pretty strong at running back and wide receiver, especially if you factor in, Uh, the ongoing rumor of Dalvin Cook to Miami. Um, And then with their seventh round pick, they took it off as a tackle. So uh, I just don't believe that they invested their picks in a wise manner. Um, Possibly with only having four, maybe they should have traded back um, in the third round to accumulate a, a little bit more and they did not. They stood pat. So, um, I don't know how that'll affect them going into the season. Um, depth can be an issue. And entering the season with only four drafted picks, uh it it can hold a, a team back.
1: All right, I need to get my my losers off the chest. None not all of these teams are wholesale losers, but I have to give my my little speech. So, first of all, on the Packers. Uh They I have a, a radio show that I do in uh, Sioux Falls every Thursday, and he, the host is a Packer fan, and he predicted on Thursday morning on air. He said they're going to do something like they usually do, just some edge rusher. They're just going to try to get rich on defense with what they always do. That's exactly what they did with Lucas Van Ness. And usually that's fine for the Packers, but I think the days of them being cute with their first pick. I don't think they're going to be able to get away with that anymore because they had 30 years of Hall of Fame play. And I think Aaron Rodgers, and Brett Favre could mask a lot of these first round draft sends when they just try to pick the best white person on the board and go, yay. Like, I, <laughs> I I honestly, I don't think they can get away with doing that anymore, especially when JSN was staring them in the face. Um, it's It's been able to just kind of skate under the radar because you got Aaron Rodgers to mask everybody's sins. But I think those days are uh, coming to an end. And then on the commanders, Jonathan talked about them. They took Eli or Emmanuel Forbes weighs 160 pounds. They could have had Christian Gonzalez. What are we doing? Could have had Deontay Banks or Joey Porter. What are we doing? And then on the Lions, I don't have a big beef with them drafting the guys that they like in Jameer Gibbs or Jack Campbell. But I swear to Jesus, you could have mm-hmm. traded back and probably tabulated three second round picks and still got those guys. So it's not that, you know, Dan, we're mad about you drafting a running back and linebacker. It's like, go ahead and do that, but trade down the board for God's sake. And, you know, you were at a premium position and you could have got at least two to three second rounders in return for trading back on both of those picks. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's let's go into these individual teams here. we got a Broncos, we've got the Bears, we got the Vikings. Jonathan, tell me your temperature objectively on the state of the Bears and in particular the draft.
0: All right. First off, allow me to read the 23 Bears draft class. <laughs> that consists of DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, Chase Claypool, Javon Dexter, Tyreek Stevenson, Zach Pickens, Roshan Johnson, Tyler Scott, Noah Sewell, Terrell Smith, Travis Bell and Kendall Williamson. Plus, we have a 24 first and fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. Thanks to Philadelphia and 25 second round pick that is a major draft haul if you ask me i would feel that that's a winning draft class that's a winning uh that's to me we are the biggest winners but i couldn't do that because then we would be talking about the bears early (laughs) however in my opinion the bears drafted based on their own big board and didn't give a damn about our mock drafts they chose the players that best fit their systems and went after their guys. Some claim that they reached a few, but they filled a ton of holes, solidified the trenches. Plus, any considered reaches from day one or day two, we picked up major value in day three. We picked up Roshan Johnson, Tyler Scott, and Noah Swell in that day three pickup. Great thing. Rochon Johnson, who backed up Bijan Robinson, he could have went anywhere and started and been drafted in the late first round, second round. Tyler mm-hmm. Scott could have went in the second round. He can take the top off. He's going to benefit from Justin Fields' big arm. Justin Fields is going to benefit from his speed. And then Noah Sewell. Last year, there was some mock drafts. The two early mock drafts, And he was supposed to go to the back end of round one. The linebacker from Oregon, if Mm -hmm. if nobody knows who that is. Also the brother of Detroit Lions, Sewell. So now we get him in the fifth round. That's easy money, if you ask me. (laughs) So our linebacker core, we've uh, put a ton into depth. Uh, We got Jack Sanborn waiting, so I believe him and Sewell are going to battle for that spot, that last remaining spot. Roshan Johnson, I believe he's going to come out as the starter. Oh wow.
3: Yeah, that's him. my favorite player in the draft. <laughs>
0: that was my biggest, like I jumped up and screamed when we selected him because I had been telling people we are not going into the season with Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman because we need a 3 down back. We need a back that's good and pass pro. And we need a back to receive out of the backfield. Yes, you can have, you know, scat back Travis Homer out there, but if you can get a complete back and you can get him in the fourth round, why not? That's easy money too. Mm-hmm. So Damn. that, that it, it's just so sweet. It's, we're going to run, we already ended last year as the number one run offense, and everybody says that's because Justin Fields ran. Granted, but. Our our run scheme is 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 massively impressive as it as it is, the outside run zone. So it's it's gonna be easy money for Foreman, Roshan Johnson and and Khalil Herbert. Herbert can focus on you know outside running, doesn't have to worry about bashing him, uh, bashing in between the 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 guards or the tackles or going up the middle. Roshan Johnson and Foreman can take care of that and we can wear down defensive lines. Tyler Scott, again, is going to take off, take the top off of defenses, allowing D.J. Moore and Mooney to work, you know, the intermediate. And then Noah Swell, I believe, is going to do well. He can pretty much – he has linebacker versatility, so I believe he can, you know, add depth at, at any spot, and he can – he blitzes like crazy. Like, the man is a monster in the blitz game, so I can see a lot of packages where he comes in – either with his hand in the ground as a nine, you know, as a a nine, not edge rusher per se, but a nine tech or something like that, where he's coming off the edge, screaming off the edge. Um, I like our draft class simply because it filled enough needs. We needed a whole lot of talent. So it feels like he added, you know, defensive line depth with Pickens and, and Dexter Cornerback depth with Tyler uh, Terrell Smith and obviously Stevenson is going is a all around baller. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can play. Great scheme zone. Yeah, great game fit. He can play zone. He can play man press. He can pretty much do it all. And then Terrell Smith uh, in the back end of the draft in day three. He could be our future safety if we decide to move on from Eddie Jackson or Eddie Jackson gets old in the tooth. Uh He's got versatility at safety or cornerback. It's, it's a lot of versatility in our draft, basically, is what I'm saying. So I'm all for it. That, that kind of took us out of the basement And uh, my feeling. I'm not sure where we're going to place. I'm not ready to put a, a, a winning or, or, or how many games we're going to win, per se. Uh, but I feel like it. It took us from USFL team to an actual NFL team. Dude, I think you nailed it.
3: I think that you you just described their draft without really showing very much bias. In my opinion, um, yeah. they're they. they i am a little torn on some of their picks, but like like Sewell and Darnell Wright. But like you said, they filled the need, even if they were um, maybe not exactly what they were looking for. But they did a good job of putting all the circle blocks in the circle holes and the square blocks and the square holes and plugging those needs.
1: And uh, arguably the best part, like Jonathan said, was there's more on the way, more fruit Mm -hmm. of the the draft capital on the way. This is just the beginning, which is the the perk of trading away the number one seed. And I think eternally will be that perk because you can always just gouge the team that wants it. Jason on the Broncos, Jack Campbell, or wait a second, excuse me, Drew Sanders and Marvin Mims.
2: Yeah, well, I was actually going to relegate uh, my segment to Cody because I'd love to hear his thoughts <laughs> on
3: this draft. I pro- I've, I have outlined notes on all three teams
2: for tonight if you'll need. Oh, yeah. oh okay. well, I that's good. Go I mean, uh, you know, from what I see though, I mean, I, you know, I, my last year did such a devastating toll on me emotionally as my vested interest in my own team um, that I don't, you know, most drafts or most years anybody that we draft, I'm excited for. I, I, even if I don't know much about the guy, I'll read up on him a little bit. And I you know, I'll talk myself into why this is a good pick. Um, you know, so I'm kind of just, you know, doing what I did, what, you know, previously and looking at national rankings, I have tried not to get too, too vested in any of these guys, but I mean, they they got two guys that have badass names, which I love Marvin Mims and, uh, Zach Moss, The, The but, you know they got a white cornerback out of <laughs> Iowa, which is fantastic. I mean that's amazing. And then uh, the the linebacker that they got, um, Sanders. I was watching, you know, after they selected him and watching him and watching some of his highlights. I mean, that guy's a big dude, I, mm-hmm. six four, six four. I couldn't, I didn't know if he was an inside or an outside guy. Um, you know, he sh- showed that he could play a little bit of both. So. I mean, at the end of the day, though, I do trust um, the people calling the shots in Denver now. I mean, I've always trusted George Payton when it comes to the draft. Uh, Very surprised that they traded up three different times, uh, which was really and still were able to, you know, make five picks. So that was kind of that was kind of shocking. But, you know, they had limited resources. I think they made the best of what they had. I was shocked they did. They didn't take a running back anywhere on there but uh, they did get their center in Forsyth uh, with the last pick so that was good. I think he might be able to come in there and compete. Um Marvin Mims first makes me think that what I what they've been talking about all year over there at Dan Sean Payton's not we may have the third highest paid receiving room in football but Sean Payton he, he wanted to get his own guy out there, and and then they still extended Jerry Judy. So I don't know what they're going to do there at that position. I think one of them still moves before the start of the season. They extended Jerry Judy. Well, fifth year, fifth year.
3: option. Oh, okay,
1: okay, yeah. They just but opted in.
2: But I mean, I, yeah, I was. I mean, I liked every one of their picks. I mean, they seem to get uh, the the value for for the limited resources that they did have. So we'll see how it all comes together.
1: Yeah. As soon as I saw Sanders and cause he was, he nibbled at the top of the first round for a lot of the mock draft season. And so I was proud. I still think George Payton's making draft picks. Maybe Payton doing it all. Who knows?
2: Uh, but Payton, no, I think George is, George is awesome at drafts. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, and then uh, I'm going to get West's take on the Vikings, but one more thing, it just came to my mind while Jason was talking about the Panthers and the bears, is if the Panthers don't click in year one, and you know Bryce Young is just average, the Bears are probably gonna have a really high draft pick again. And everybody's going to try to climb into the top of that draft to get Caleb Williams or uh was it
4: Marcus May.
1: No, is it Drake May? Drake May Drake May. Drake May. I I keep saying Marcus May. In theory, if Fields is the real deal they could bears can do this all over again and just keep this gravy train rolling by saying, like, oh, well, we Panthers had four and thirteen season. Boom, we got their second pick. We're trading that bastard back to the highest bidder. And this could be an annual tradition uh for the Bears. So they have that well. going for them. Yeah, and it, that's that's really wild. So if you're a Bears fan, you hope the Panthers utterly suck this year. Uh Wes, tell me about uh, the Vikings.
4: Uh the answer to next year's draft is Uh, Arizona at one and Arizona at two.
0: (laughs) Yep, That's why Houston makes
3: my bad list tonight. I didn't get to it, but they did. Uh,
4: The Vikings. So uh, with the first overall pick uh, that they had or the first pick that they had in the first round, uh, they selected Jordan Addison, who was a no brainer ad. Uh, scheme fit. He should benefit from single coverage provided by the double teams that Jefferson's going to see that Hawkinson will probably see in the middle. Uh, um, The league fucked up by letting this happen. Like this offense is going to take off. What I want to see now is I want to see the Vikings go and extend cousins. Um, They have a void year for next year. So if they don't resign him, that, I think it's twenty five mil. Uh, in the void year, we'll go against the cap, and it yep. And it's lose leverage. Just not, yeah, it's just not smart money. Uh, he came out today and said he de- definitely wants to be back. I think it makes a lot of sense just to extend him and keep this train roll rolling. Uh, these weapons that he's going to have around him are going to be phenomenal. Um. They followed up the Addison pick by um, adding Makai Blackman, uh, Jay Ward, and Jacqueline Roy on the defensive side. Um, Blackman came out of USC as well as Addison. Uh, Ward and Roy came out of LSU. Um, A lot of people, a lot of pundits were saying some of these picks were reaches. I'm not buying into that. I, I think that... Brian Flores, our new defense coordinator, had a lot of say in what guys he wanted. Uh, if these guys are Flores' guys, they're going to be good. Uh, they're going to be good for what he's trying to do. Uh, so I'm all for bringing these guys in. Uh, they rounded out the draft, taking taking a uh, quarterback in the fifth round of BYU, Jaron Hall. Uh, he is a little bit older, uh, 25 years old, uh, after doing... Uh, Mormon mission at BYU. Uh, he does have a, a small um, injury history, some concussions, but I like what he profiles as as a quarterback. And then uh, I think they got a steal in the seventh round with Dwayne McBride as well, uh, who should contend for some carries this year if the Vikings move off of uh, Dalvin Cook.
1: When the Vikings move off of Dalvin core. of course. <laughs> yeah, otherwise they got five running backs. It's like, hey, what are we doing? Uh, West, did he miss anything?
4: Cody, nope.
1: oh, no. No, excuse me, Cody. Cody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I I
3: agree with his take that some of these were by pundits are considered reaches. Blackman surprised me, but after digging into that, turns out he's. It's just. I mean, for other teams, he could be a one hundred and fifty player. For us, he was uh, valued at one hundred and two. Uh, Jay Ward, I'm going to have to see some, something on, uh, like Wes was kind of saying earlier, you kind of showed me maybe what they plan on doing with that guy. He he might be a big slot eraser. Um, and that just might be his role. And then, uh, Jacqueline Roy, I still not too studied on. And I'm, as I'm sure y'all know, I am not a fan of the Jaron Hall pick man (laughs) at, at senior bowl. They had people trying not to snicker on the sidelines because this guy was taking so long to process where to throw the ball, taking sacks. I mean, this guy looked inept amongst his peers as a senior. I mean, if he was uh, early declare, that might mean something else for me. But you couple that with the fact that he's that comfy BYU. Um, Tennessee and BYU, if y'all don't know, are the most comfortable places in the nation to be a college quarterback at the moment. Um, I mean, this guy... First, uh, first, yeah, I'm just not a fan. Uh, Dwayne McBride in round seven, I think, is a great pick. If if something were to happen to Alexander Madison, um, early on, I think that bringing in a veteran, they can maybe get things done with the um, the guy we took last year and McBride, his name's slipping me right now, but McBride oh, is, is great. Yeah, Ty Chandler McBride is great. One and two down uh, running back. Ty Chandler would be a good third down running back, maybe. Um, Alexander Madison can do a little bit of it all. Just a great pick for um, Dalvin Cook insurance, especially at round seven. Dwayne McBride should not be round seven running back. He's top five pretty much in every <laughs> college football metric, uh, stat wise, including uh, yards after contact broken tackles and yards of 20 plus yards or only, runs of 20 plus yards.
1: The only thing he's not allowed to do is catch the football. UAB, they <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't, we don't do that here. So he had yeah. five catches <laughs> in his entire career, which is really, really low. Uh, the biggest takeaway from the Vikings draft, uh, if you're new to any of this is they had the league's 31st ranked defense per yards allowed, and the 27th best defense per DVOA. So all shit. And what they do, they draft a wide receiver with their first pick. So we are back to an era of, decadence on offense (laughs) where where we are trying to be uh just score more points than the other team uh i think i wrote or tweeted somewhere the other day that the vikings goal is to score 28 points a game and the other team can score 27 and that's fine because that's the way that they're headed unless brian flores does more with less
2: oh well i think a lot of the the, what hammered hemorrhaged your defense was the coach
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, you're going to have to bank on that if you want any hope because they lost Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson, Eric Kendricks, Duke Shelley. They lost a lot of the the red meat and the bloated contracts or Shelley, just the guy who kind of had a, a prove it chip on his shoulder. Uh, but yeah, he's going to Brian Flores evidently has a vision with cheaper, younger, faster, meaner guys because... Uh, Deontay Banks and Joey Porter were staring the Vikings in the face, but they said, you know what, we're just going to, we're going to have, we're not going to make it. So you can't have those games to sell out on Justin Jefferson anymore. Cause if you do, we're going to slap you with Addison. And that had to be the mindset. Uh, And then to Wes's point, all of the draft, the cloud of smoke that said the Vikings were going to trade up to get Anthony Richardson or draft Hendon Hooker was completely bogus. It did not happen. And with almost a whimper, they got Jaron Hall, who is the ultimate scratch off when you're like, all right. So they did not leave the draft with a plan after Cousins, which either they're going to figure it out on the fly or extend Cousins per Wes's recommendation this offseason. Jonathan.
4: Yep. Oh, Uh, I'm sorry. I'm also even wondering if that was kind of the plan initially to some extent i'm sure that they were interested in trying to move up and possibly find kirk's replacement be it a a stroud or richardson Mm -hmm. um if one of those guys fell but i I think maybe the uh idea on the back end was um you know to keep kirk close not fully alienate him uh, utilize all of the pre-draft chatter of, oh, they're going to move up, they're going to move up to kind of smoke screen the rest of the league, um, so that if they did in fact stay put, uh, they'd be able to to add some key pieces.
1: And always remember that uh, even though we're in an offense happy era in the NFL, which probably won't change. Not all coaches are former quarterbacks, so when Kevin O'Connell eventually gets his next guy, it might just be some dude from round three or four because that's where he came from, and he should be able to be a whisperer because he's been there. He's been cut. He's been told you're no good. He wasn't in the league for very long, so the Vikings have a built-in advantage so that when they do find the next guy, it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, Caleb Williams next year by trading four first or something crazy like that because they have a developer of quarterbacks, and I think that was strategic. Uh, when they hired O'Connell. Let's see. The last thing that we have uh, is one player who landed in the perfect spot. I'm starting with Jonathan there. Who you got for us?
0: I'm going to go ahead and say Carter, uh, simply because of all the mess that he's, he's went through. Obviously a lot of it is his personal responsibility and, you know, the legal issue and, you know, the things that he, decided to do uh, that night uh, that's all on him uh, but moving forward and going into the NFL he couldn't have landed in a better place uh, championship culture a uh, veteran uh, pro bowl uh, perennial pro bowl defensive lineman next to him uh, that can keep him calm he's got uh Jordan Davis there which was which he called his big brother from Georgia uh, there to keep him uh strapped in and out of trouble uh he doesn't even have to go in and be the best defensive lineman he can kind of have behind all of that um and he can continue to rotate uh as he did in Georgia in Georgia he rotated with the uh, with others on that defensive line stayed fresh so a lot of the issues with him either taking off plays or uh being out of shape may not be major issues if he's if he's not taking the majority of the snaps uh in an NFL if he went anywhere else like let's say the bears he probably would have uh been forced into the starting lineup uh forced to take the majority of the snaps uh, because of the fanfare as well as where he would have uh, been taken but all of that pressure is off of him he's got people around him from Georgia the, the Philadelphia bulldogs if you will uh <laughs> So he'll be able to kind of chill and and kind of sit back and and, and bask in the ambiance of a, a Super Bowl contending team, and not have to really feel that major pressure. And that culture there should should be able to calm him down and allow him to have a, a excellent NFL career.
1: Jason, did you identify one guy on the
2: board who's in a good spot? Well, yeah, B. John Robinson. Oh, yeah. I mean, he goes to the Falcons. The Falcons ran the ball all the time last year. And, did, you know, I mean, I had the privilege of having a couple of those guys on fantasy um, throughout the year. And they they always seem to seem to do well. So, I mean, I I think he could, you know, I think he went to the perfect spot for sure. Um, I can't wait to see what he does down there.
1: And the... One thing to keep in the back of your head about the Falcons is Desmond Ritter, presumably, will be the quarterback one. And if they go the way of having a underwhelming season like five and 12, four and thirteen, then they'll be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes too. And you could be looking at Caleb Williams, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. And that <laughs> oh, that would be that would be a juicy way to start off one's career, especially if you're considered the next Mahomes. Wes, yeah. your ideal fit.
4: Uh, I might be stealing somebody's thunder here, but I will go with uh Deuce Vaughn. Uh oh, yeah? to the Dallas. That name is Cowboys. Badass, too. Um what a great story. Uh day three of the draft, sixth round. Um Deuce Vaughn gets a call from his father of all people, mm-hmm. uh, asking him if he wants to come to work with him next week. Uh, His father is a scout for the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, I think that's just kind of a a storybook um, spot for him to land. Um, He'll probably be more of a um, return back, uh, maybe some spot plays at running back uh, just due to his overall size. But um, I think it's a great spot for him to land uh, and, and be with family like that.
1: Amen. I think uh, Deontay Banks in Wink Martindale's defense Giants is just what they needed. I can tell you firsthand. (laughs) The Vikings played the Giants twice. First game was glorious. Second was not inglorious. Uh, And they needed cornerback help, believe it or not. And I think Deontay Banks will just be this clay that can be completely bended to Wink Martindale's desire. And then I'll probably steal one of Cody's, at least for fantasy purposes. I think Raju Rice going to the Chiefs has all the upside in the world because besides... Uh Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and MVS. Chiefs got a bunch of guys. Nobody's concerned about it because Mahomes works there. But in theory, if Raji Rice is the real deal, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Hopefully, um, yeah, he can feast solely because he is a coworker of Patrick Mahomes. Cody, take us off air with your one or two of your best fits.
3: Dustin, don't ever link my name to Rashid Rice again. Oh, boy. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> He's kidding. not he a quarterback. Is my, I'm he, sorry. He is, he is on my undraftable list. His, his whole profile coming out of college is crazy. The only reason okay. why I do like him is apparently Pat Mahomes has been working out with him and asked him to draft him, which I always think is... Wild. do y'all give any credit to uh those reports that quarterbacks are asking for these players like yeah. cj stroud asking for tank dell even as yep. a newly minted texan
1: i do yeah in this new era of Player empowerment with Twitter and social media. Yeah, I think it when you have the the poll by a quarterback to say, go get me that guy, especially if you're Mahomes, it's like aye, we'll do it. Oh wow. man,
3: hopefully they're good talent evaluators. Cause <laughs> I know CJ Stroud asked for Tank Dell, and he's he was good at the senior bowl. But for me, when you're a receiver at the senior bowl, it's already a mark against you on my profile. And then he's five foot eight, maybe. I'm thinking he might be a little shorter than that, but he's yeah. 165 pounds. And mm-hmm. it's like Oh, that goes to show to me, it's not a good organization, but, um, I saw this question for the best player fit. And of course I took it as an opportunity to try to sway some minds here. My perfect fit, as I alluded to earlier, is Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks? Um, this is not necessarily a fantasy take, but, uh, you know, in 2022 Ken Walker showed us he was rookie of the year type talent. He finished in second, uh, and voting for that on route to 1,000 1, yards, yards per clip and 13.5 fantasy points per game. 16th among running backs. The guy was no slouch. This is why much to everyone's chagrin, the Seahawks had to take Charbonnet in the second. The coaching staff in Seattle is not able to contain themselves when it comes to a running back workload. They will drive a guy into the ground, reducing his efficiency. As we saw with Kenneth Walker last year, as he started to taper off in the final home stretch, um, Seattle needed to get Walker a quality running mate in this draft, and that's something that wasn't really talked about before because the guys behind him are just Mm Jags, just another guy. Um, Now when Ken Walker comes off the field on third down, they're going to have someone just as capable of delivering starter touches. I expect Charbonnet to garner many high-value touches in 2023 as he is a superior third down back and goal line back. I think that these two are going to be j- as just as good of a, a combo as DK, Metcalf, and Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. That's going to be Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. The Eagles can – it's a – or Eagles. So that's how excited I am for the their drive class. The Seahawks <laughs> is are suddenly a pick-your-poison type team. Everything is like the perfect puzzle piece sticking together. Um, even these backs, they profile – Everybody's freaking out about it, you know. Ken Walker's not a power back, but he can be decent at it. He's not a catcher, he can be decent at it. Everything else is the opposite for Zach Charbonnet. You know, he can't run outside, but he's okay at it. You know, but goal line back, third down back, pass protector—all weaknesses in Ken Walker's game.
1: Yeah, and you have to, just the way it is now. You have to have two running backs um, because they're guaranteed to get hurt. I think each season when the when well, we're right after week 18, there's usually like three running backs who didn't get hurt, and that's it. And so you gotta have somebody you can turn to. So it makes sense because all they have was DJ Dallas and like John yeah. McIntosh or some shit like that. So yep. All right, Jonathan. Um, Wes can invite you back. Maybe we can chat kind of heading toward training camp and you can start to formulate your Bears' predictions and thesis, if you will. Any closing yeah, arguments, yeah. sir?
0: No, sir. I'm just uh pretty happy that we haven't uh, NFL caliber team now, <laughs> Justin Fields and Justin yeah. Fields got his uh protection, his bodyguard and Darnell Wright. I don't know if y'all seen the interview where they asked him uh, what would happen if uh, Fields got hit after the after the whistle, and he said they would have to meet him in the parking lot, basically. <laughs> so, you gotta love that. You got you got uh, Jenkins and, and Darnell Wright, the bullies on the line, so. We'll, we'll finally be able to protect fields. So I'm all, I'm happy about that. And I got a
3: question for you, Jonathan, real quick before we leave. Yep. Um, do you think the bears have done enough to surround Justin Fields with enough talent to be able to make a decision on him if he doesn't blow people away this year? Uh, or do you think that he's still kind of being shortchanged by the front office there?
0: No, I absolutely believe that they've done everything that they can do at this point in time. You got you went out and traded back from the number one pick to get DJ Moore. Last year, you got Chase Claypool, which trading for a wide receiver in the middle of the season uh, doesn't always work out. You don't get to training camp to learn the the, the actual um, playbook. So you got two wide receivers right there. Then you got another wide receiver in this draft. Uh, you picked up uh, Davis from Tennessee at your right guard. Um, you were moving, um, removing Tevin Jenkins to left guard. So you got Braxton Jones, Jenkins, they're moving Cody white here, which I would have liked to center uh, or a center of the future drafted. But uh, by the time uh, they got to our second, second round pick, uh, they went ahead and got Javon Dexter and solidified uh, the middle of the defensive line. So I believe they've done enough. Uh, They uh, repaired uh, the torn down uh, offensive line. So he's got protection up front. He's got enough weapons. They picked up Rashawn Johnson. So that's going to take a lot of uh, running off of him. They got uh, Foreman. You got Herbert. So you don't have to rush him very much. I think they've done everything that they can to at least Give him, like I said, an NFL caliber offense. Uh, they've got uh, DJ Moore should be able to be more than enough of a wide receiver. One, uh, Darnell Wright should, I mean, I'm sorry, Darn Darnell Mooney should come back healthy. He's got weapons of plenty, So I believe he's going to take that next step. Uh, uh, and, and you're going to see a much improved and a closer to the Ohio State Justin Field than the year two. Uh, playing with Walmart cashiers uh wide receivers <laughs> Justin Fields Jonathan who's going to the NBA Finals <laughs> uh, it's been super crazy uh watching these teams especially with the Bucks getting uh put out the playoffs so I, I I'm I'm really thinking that if the Lakers can get past if the Lakers can get past uh the Warriors, I believe they'll they'll probably take the Nuggets in 7 and and get to the finals in the West. I think Philly especially fresh off of Embiid's um especially off of Embiid's MVP uh win, I think they're going to go in the East. So it'll be a old school 80s oh, wow, that is old, yeah. Philadelphia Lakers type of joint. Okay. All
1: mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's uh I was thinking you're going to get to a bubble rematch with the Heat and the Lakers
0: which would just be the dickens. Hey, Jimmy Jimmy turned into a monster so it, it, <laughs> I don't I don't I wouldn't doubt it if it happened.
1: Yeah, it, Wes and I were talking about this off air. Uh it, so the Heat got bounced by or see the Heat bounced the Bucks 4-1. If the Lakers put this thing together, they're going to beat the Nuggets in the Western Conference final. there's a small chance they play the Heat in the finals and we got the bubble all over again. Uh, Mm -hmm. history repeating. Alright gentlemen, I'll keep you guys updated on next week's. Uh, Wes and I will be together at this time at Game 5 Lakers-Warriors so we'll keep you posted on whether or not we can swing a show one of those nights, okay? Alright man. Alright, take it easy. Bye guys.